0: Hi, I'm James, and this is James Explores the New Mutants, an issue-by-issue exploration of Marvel's comic book series, The New Mutants. Welcome to episode number 34, entitled Nazgul. Lila Cheney used to open for them, in which I'll be examining issue number 29. Please stay tuned. Welcome back. And as has become custom on the show we're gonna start by quickly just reviewing our creative team and that's chris claremont writing obviously uh and bill sunkevich is doing the art and it's fantastic in this issue we've got lettering done by orza and rosen and you know who knows could have been delay in writing uh, or in the art could have been any number of things could have been a rewrite any number of reasons uh maybe editorial notes were done by uh Rosen it's really hard to say what what caused her t- to have to assist her husband uh partner uh Tom but she, she does here uh Glynis Oliver also Glyn- also previously known as Glynis Wynn uh she returned uh her name to her maiden name Oliver uh after her uh parting with uh, Lee, live, Lee Wen Lee Wen, sorry Blah, 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 blah. Sorry um, We've got Nesenti as the line editor And Jim Shooter as editor-in-chief uh, Very consistent, you know And I think consistency with creative teams like this Always, in my opinion, makes for good Good storytelling um, and, and in my opinion This Zinkevich run uh, Certainly, I, I would argue that the Demon Bear Saga is the best run. I mean, you could, I think you could make a really strong case arguing that the Demon Bear Saga is the definitive New Minutes run for the, entire, for the entire, you know, 100 issues of, of this series. Um, so, I mean, like, that's tough to beat, but I think the Zinkevich run here is, is fantastic, phenomenal. It pushes boundaries as far as what can be expected from comic book art. I think it really allows the artist and the writer to explore um, and This is the beginning of Zinkevich's last story arc uh, on the new mutants so uh it's it 's kind of his sw- swan song you know and i 've done some research online with some other websites, other reviews, and everybody's allowed you know obviously to have their own opinions and whatever you know i i I look at the new mutants. And and I've said this before with my interview with Nelson. It's really hard for me to look at something that I love so dearly, that I hold so closely to my my heart. You know, I wouldn't be doing a podcast about the New Mutants if I didn't like the, the material. So it, it's really hard for me to look at this and, and be super critical of it and, like, really uh, pick it apart. But at, at the same time, I also think at times we as consumers of... of, of art, and me this medium, I think sometimes we expect too much, uh, and, and, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm in the wrong, I don't know, it's, you know, I was listening to Jan Miles' Explore the X-Men, I've been listening to that, that's really what, really inspired me to start this podcast, and while I was listening to them, Miles had said, has said more than once, but, uh, he he said something as they were entering their their 90s coverage and for a lot of people i think the 90s is a as a point in x-men continuity that for some not all but for some it's 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 the end of an era and uh it's it's hard to swallow and and throughout x-men certainly x-men's time uh there's there's ups and downs in the creative and 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 what the creators are putting on the page, and he said, you know, sometimes you just got to take the parts you like and leave the rest. Something I, I'm not getting the quote exactly right, but the the point being that sometimes what you're what you're getting as far as the comic book, it's not the greatest. But if you give it a chance, if you read through it, you can typically find something in there that. That you like, that you you connect with, that's been worth taking and reading, and you know i I, I don't know I, I find that to be true I, I'm pretty positive and pretty upbeat uh, when it comes to stuff I like, and I can look at stuff and i can I can appreciate stuff that I like. Um, and, and, and forgive stuff that maybe would have bothered me if it was material I didn't like. Um, so like, you know, I don't know, I, am not a collector of Superman books, but some of the stuff that, if some of these story tropes were used in Superman books, I might be like, oh, this is stupid. I hate it. You know, whereas because it's in New Mutants, it's in this genre, it's, it's dealing with mutants, it's dealing with the X-Men, it's, it's all tied to that world that I'm so in love with like i can just say eh, okay I, i'll buy it yep we're fine let's move on um so like there's that uh and so i'm i'm oh, I'm able to 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 g- g- agree with him in that in, in a large part uh i i do think that there's always something that uh that you can find in in material you materially you enjoy Um, if you like it that much, it's easy to collect it, even if maybe the writing isn't up to stuff, maybe if the story's changed drastically. And, and I'll tell you, that's, that's, I think my number one thing, like when something shifts, drastically shifts, change, massive change happens, it's really hard for me to swallow. And that's true in my life. And it's true when it comes to comics. Like, I don't like change. I'm not a being that adjusts well to change. And I've gotten better with that in time and age. But uh, as a kid, as a teenager, I didn't like it. And, you know, that's the big reason I didn't like Grant Morrison. Uh, So, and then I go back and I read that stuff and I'm like, oh, there's nothing wrong with this. I I actually like it a lot. Um, And that's going to be a problem I also run into uh, in the Liefeld era. My team changes, and then it becomes X Force, and uh, I end really. Eventually, I'll go back and, and and I read it, and I and I enjoy it, um, but it, you know, it it stopped being what I liked initially. Um, that being said, you know, like I said, we're coming to to end of an uh, end of the Zinkevich era, and let's you know, I, I'm going to do my best to really try to. Look at it critically, uh, and we'll see. We'll see, see what we get. Uh, so yeah, let's dive right in. So this issue is titled "Meanwhile, Back at the Mansion." Um, we're gonna cover real quick who, where everybody's at. Uh, it's something I probably should have started doing earlier, but let's let's talk about our cast and where they're at. Um, currently, we have Danny Moonstar. She is. Uh, a s- telepath. Uh, she uses her 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 abilities allow her to show uh, to project images of great fear, strong emotional uh, strong emotions to people. Like she's able to do this. That's her ability. Uh, and she's with Xavier along with Rain, who's uh, basically a werewolf. She transforms uh, from a human to a werewolf uh, or to a wolf. Um, full Wolf. Uh, she also has a transitional form. She is in Scotland as well. Uh, Moira McTaggart, uh, ally of the X-Men, a human and a renowned gen- g- doctor, uh, geneticist. She uh, is also there, and she is Rain's adopted mother. Um, Warlock, an alien from an alien mutant from outer space, has recently joined the team. He's in Scotland as well, and so is Doug Ramsey. He is. A red-blooded, blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy from Massachusetts, friend of Kitty Pride, uh recently discovered that he is a mutant and has the ability to understand any language, uh, pretty much instantaneous, uh, computer codes, uh, written, and spoken languages. Uh, that is his mutant ability. Uh, with them was Xavier, and he was attempting to help David uh, Holler, Gabriel Holler's son, and... Uh, what they eventually found out was Xavier's son. They succeeded in helping him and ensuring everybody 's life was okay. We covered that a few issues uh, episodes back, just actually concluded it and uh, If you want to catch up and haven 't heard that please please uh, listen to uh, the last three last four episodes um, there 's an extra interview in between that in that run of episodes. So that's where they're at. They're all in Scotland. They're not gonna be back for the beginning of this uh arc. Um so uh the rest of them team, Sam Guthrie, who is cannibal, he's can uh has the ability to ignite the lower half of his body and rocket. When he's rocketing through the air, uh he's he's uh invincible. He's invulner- invulnerable. Sorry, not invincible, Invol- invulnerable, can't really be harmed. Uh and uh, this black his blast shield field protects him. Uh, Ileana Rasputin, also known as Magic, she has the ability to teleport, and um, has ties to a dimension called Limbo, where she has uh, has the ability to use magic. Um, and then we have Sunspot, uh, Roberto Costa. He is. Uh, Absorbs sunlight and can transform into this black, just completely black um, void. And that allows him to have super strength, uh, probably some agility and um, heightened, other heightened abilities. But we know for sure super strength. He's going to have, uh, he's going to learn more about this ability as he gets older. Um, we have Amara aquila and she is uh she basically can become living magma uh her her code name is magma and uh, she you know can can create earthquakes pull lava from the uh the ground uh that's that's her power set and this group had stayed back in westchester um well xavier and the others went to uh, Scotland in an attempt to help Moira. And uh, <clears throat> this, this, I, I like what what Claremont has done here. He split the team up, and it what it does is it gives him more manageable groups to work with. Uh, if when the whole team's together, we're talking, you know, eight eight characters. Uh, sometimes more, eight right now, Uh, that's a lot of characters to work into 20 to 24 pages of comics. And if you're going to jump between other story arcs, plot lines, uh, B plots and C plots, you know, separate plot lines while you're telling the main plot, uh, it's going to get harder and harder to work everybody in. So by breaking the team up, it makes it more manageable and gives us, the reader, a little bit more of an opportunity to engage with all of the characters that are are in these issues. So these four, these four characters are going to be the main focus of this arc. Um, Uh, and the other thing I want to point out is the title. Meanwhile, back at the mansion. Well, at no point in this issue, are we back at the mansion? We are back in Westchester County and in America. So there is that we are technically back, back in here where, the New Mutants call home. Um, so, this issue, it opens with a windswept, snow-swept airfield. It is the Westchester County Airport. It is snowing. It looks pretty cold and miserable. Uh, and when we flip the page, we get a two-page splash. It is very, very nice. Very beautiful. Lots happening in this panel. Uh We've got... people all over. uh, Who knows if they're waiting for their flights to take off, if there's been delays. People are waiting, though. And this scene is interrupted as Cannonball streaks through the wall and pillars, and he is carrying Ileana, and Ileana's in a uh, bikini, and Sam's in swim trunks, and Sam's yelling for everyone to clear out, get out of the way. They're in hot pursuit. And we find out that these two are chasing after their friends. They're trying to help their friends, Roberto and Amara. And apparently what has happened off panel is the new mutants, these four, Roberto, Amara, Ileana, and Sam were all invited to a pool party uh, at a a neighboring school. Um, uh, Quite often, uh, the New Mutants hang out with high school kids from Salem Center, uh, which is a town near, uh, uh, Xavier's mansion. And so they were going to this pool party and Doug and uh, Roberto De Costa and Amara were kidnapped from this party. And, uh, S- Sam and Eliana have been chasing them ever since. Now they come to a stop, uh, and it's not very, um, elegant, uh, he he drops his blast stops blasting they come cr- sliding to a stop on the ground uh iliana's kind of catching herself and sam he's up on his feet and he's running out the door onto the tarmac the a plane begins to taxi and a van begins to pull away and sam as he gets into the snow he realizes He's in swim trunks. It's cold out, and his feet are bare, and he's standing in snow. And this is super obviously uncomfortable. It's really cold. And he's, you know, hopping around, picking one foot up, trying to brush the snow off of the one, and he's not paying attention. That van, that, that uh, red van, uh, cargo van, whatever it is, uh, has turned around, and it is driving towards him. Uh, the plane it begins to take off at the same time, and Ileana sees the van. Sam's still not really paying attention, and she yells for him. His yells his name, and Sam looks up just in time to see this 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 van barreling towards him, and he only has one option really at this point, or you know it's and he ignite, you know he ignites his blast field and he rockets and it's great this this panel's freaking awesome he smashes through the front of the van and blasts out the back uh obviously it destroys the engine the front wheels look like they've come off uh, the, tr- the the van is destroyed and uh certainly inoperable it is just uh decimated and well I shouldn't say that. that's pretty strong. I'll clip uh, I'll do a clip I will clip this and put it on uh, on my Instagram and other feeds for you to see. Uh, and Sam and Ileana they confront the driver, they pull him out of the van, and they demand answers. They wanna know what the f- heck's going on. Um, and this guy's playing stupid. He's like, Yeah, I don't know anything about your friends. I don't know, whatever. Uh, and Sam and Ileana they figure out that they've Roberto and, and Amara are probably on that plane that just took off. And Sam takes to flight. He flies. He, t- he takes flight to flight and uh, rockets up after the plane. He flies higher and faster than he's ever flown before. And there's this really great scene here where we get a view in the cop- cockpit. One of the other kid kidnappers. And this kidnapper has an p- opinion of Sam. And I, I'm just going to take the time to read this because... Uh, if if you 've been listening to the podcast if you 're familiar with the new mutants, you know Sam has struggled to really have faith in his abilities to really believe that he's he's succeeding uh he he's has very low confidence. He doesn't turn well. He he sees his friends getting better with controlling their abilities. He he does not see that for himself. And so I'm just going to read this because I think it's, it's I think it's important. Uh, and this is what this this kidnapper says. That kid won't quit. His powers are incredible. I've never seen anything like him. Too bad he wasn't on our shopping list. The boss could have used his talents like talents like that. C'est la vie. And this guy pulls down the lever and kicks on the afterburners the shock of the afterburners striking sam you know really just right in front of him uh sends him tumbling towards the ground i mean he's way high up it's cold uh he's having trouble catching his breath uh the afterburners not you know interrupt his concentration uh and so that's why he's falling here um and he plummets he just plummets and he's He's pretty much figured it's done. And he's he's grateful that Xavier hasn't seen him fail here. You know, and this is the thing about Sam. Like, he's he's running through his failure. This is it. This is the focus. And, and rightfully so. I mean, this is a big screw-up. Um, he's, he's alone, up high. He didn't know what he was going to do, even if he caught the jet. Like, he wasn't going to be able to knock it out of the air because he's got friends on board. Right? And so... What was the outcome? What was the best outcome? Like, eventually he was going to get tired. He'd never pushed himself that hard before. And he's exhausted. He's, he's just freaking gassed at this point. He really has nothing left. And so he's kind of resigned himself to plummeting to the ground. Uh, and just then, he falls into a, a stepping disc. Ileana has intervened. Um, so... <clears throat> I do want to talk a little bit more about this scene though. Like like I said, this I gave you the quote from the the the, the pilot in the cockpit, the kidnapper. He's impressed with Sam's abilities. Right? Everyone it's it's how does the world around you see you and how do you fit into it and how do you see yourself? And do those ever exist? What's it happen what happens when you compare your insides to other people's outsides. And that's where Sam's struggling. He sees his age. He's like, well, I should be this because they are that. And I see them being this. But he doesn't know what their struggles are, right? He, he knows what his struggles are. He's an interesting character just because of that. He's really, I think, in a lot of ways, very relatable. Certainly somebody I relate to very strongly uh, because I get that. I get taking my insides and saying, oh, this is how I feel. Oh, look at this person. They're happy. Well, what's wrong with me? Or I'm this old and this is what I've got. That person's that young and they're they're here. And I've done that my entire life, especially when I was a young high schooler. It's better as I've gotten older, but in high school, in middle school, 16-year-old boys, <laughs> you know, a 16-year-old kid. I think I think that was Something definitely I can say for myself, it's something I related to. Anyways, let's not linger here, let's keep going. Limbo. And obviously this is where Sam appears, uh, having been saved by Ileana's stepping disc. And we see that Ileana's there already with uh, the kidnapper. And Sam, you know, realizes he's been saved now twice in this short span of time uh first with the save from the stepping disc uh the warning at the truck um Ileana's also warmed him up using her magic she's kind of helped him recover from probably hi- near hyperthermia, possibly worse uh sam sam was doing pretty poorly having just been running around in uh swim trunks and uh exposed to the to elements now. When he's in his blast field, he's invulnerable to that. It's not harming him, but as he's falling, his body's you know probably probably going into shock, and so Ileana uses her magics to help him with that. So depending, you know, he's either talking about probably in my mind he's talking about the van save and the save, uh, in the air, uh, but he could have also been talking about the save in the air and just the, the warming his body. Either way, he realizes, hey, you, you've saved me twice now. I owe you big time. And Ileana tells him, I don't keep score. You know, she's not she's not interested in keeping a score. She does this because it's the right thing to do, or it's because they're friends. Right? And and I really like that. Like Ileana has a real tough go uh with the new Mutants. She's alone and she's afraid to let people in and she doesn't let anybody know who she really is. Because who she really is, at least in Limbo, it starts to come out. And we start to see Dark Child, this dark child, this this darkness in her. And uh, that becomes more and more prevalent as the issues begin to we go forward. Uh, but, you know, she's, she doesn't want anybody to see that dark side of her. Uh, and so she very much is playing this game of projecting what everyone around her wants to see. But at the same time, there's this earnestness to Liana, like this desire to be a friend and, and knowing what a friend is. She has those examples. She knows uh, her relationship with her brother. She knows her relationship with Kitty Pride. And she has very strong examples before her, uh, even when she was younger, before she was aged, right, in limbo. She had the examples of the X-Men. She knows what it is to be a teammate and to be a good friend. And that's what she's doing here. And that's one of those, those really strong character points in Ileana. Like, you might not trust her, and she may have these uh, links to some evil, and she might be even willing to do some pretty unsavory things. But she's loyal. And we saw that again in the de- we saw that before in the Demon Bear saga when she had made herself vulnerable to Danny and Danny didn't return that but she still was Danny's friend and she was still trying to be loyal and help Danny any way she could. Um Eliana's great and I, and I really appreciate that about her character. Uh, <clears throat> it's too bad though that everybody else is so preoccupied with their secrets or keeping themselves from being vulnerable. Uh, or they just don't trust her because they they don't they see this darkness, they see this thing that they don't understand. And and they're you know, to be fair, Ileana doesn't let everybody in on all the the, the secrets either. Uh but, but when she has had the opportunity it certainly wasn't reciprocated. Anyways, let's not dwell there. Um so like I said, Uh, Ileana's brought the kidnapper and and they're going to start questioning him. And he's not afraid of them. He tells them, hey, you guys don't scare me. No big deal. Uh, Ileana brings Sim over. And Sim's enough. Just the sight of Sim is enough for the kidnapper to start talking. They find out everything. They find out that the gladiators have them. They're in California. And just, they've got it all. They know where to go now. Now, the the. They're not sure how to get there. The X-Men are missing, Xavier's in Scotland. The X-Men are gone, and Xavier's in Scotland. They don't really have, you know, what's left. And, you know, we've run into this before. It's it's wonderful that the X-Men are always out on missions, because they're the first call. Xavier's the first call, X-Men's the next. They could call Avengers. They've been told Fantastic Four Avengers. But they feel like they need to do this themselves. And... Sam's definitely in agreement with that, but they don't know how they're going to get there. Ileana suggests they teleport. She uses her stepping disk to take them there. Now, Ileana has step, used her teleportation uh, in the past uh, with, when they were, uh, tr- when she and Danny were trying to help her teammates escape the Hellions. And that didn't work out so well. Uh, they teleported a year into the future, uh, and it just it was kind of a mess. And Sam knows this. And, and he questions the use of her teleportation. He doesn't really trust it. He doesn't trust that she has that great of control over it. Ileana tries to dissuade those fears, telling him she's been practicing. Uh, she's been working on it. And she has faith that she'll get him there. Um, so Sam, he, he reluctantly agrees. Um, and, and they leave the kidnapper in the care of Sim. Los Angeles, California. Ileana's teleported them to L.A., and they, at least they're in the right spot, and she's overjoyed by this. Sam points out, though, they're a week past the day that Roberto and Amara were kidnapped, so it's been a week. And Ileana is really apologetic, and she wants to try again, but Sam says, no way, we're not doing that again. We don't want to make things worse. Um, and like I said, Ileana's super apolog- you know, is really apologetic. She feels bad. Um... And this is going to shake her confidence going forward. So that's worth noting. Uh, Sam, he he also understands that she meant well, but they're just going to have to do the best they can. They've got to work with this now. This is the reality, and they just got to work forward from this point um, and do what they can. Uh, they, they're going to look for some help. And luckily, they do know somebody here. And it's a character we haven't seen. It's probably been a couple of issues. Uh, it's probably been about... Uh, uh, Maybe five issues or so, maybe six, uh, since we saw her. It's it's Lila Cheney. And Lila Cheney and Sam are in a relationship, they're dating, and she uh is in LA, obviously. She's a musician, she's there, uh and so that's where they go. They head over, they're gonna they go to her house, and they're greeted by someone we've never seen before. Guido Carousella. And he is uh Butler bodyguard all around all around strong guy protecting uh lila and he's gonna this is his first appearance he's become, gonna become later down the road uh after he's done uh being a bodyguard for lila uh, he's gonna become a, a character that joins uh peter david's x factor and he'll be around for a while. He's. Uh, uh, become a mainstay to X-Factor, um, and he does eventually go by the name Strong Guy, for anyone that was unaware. But this is his first appearance. Bill uh really gave us the character design for Guido Carosello. Now, uh, Sam and Ileana are kind of surprised to see this massive man greeting them at the door, uh, and they ask for Lila Cheney, he tells him, "Hey, it's private property. Get out of here." He just figures' they're teeny boppers looking you know you know excited to see some famous famous star and he and he's shoving them out the door, and Sam's like, uh, can you just tell her Sam Gunthery's here to see her and he relents he go and he and he leads them in. Now, obviously, Lila Cheney's overjoyed to see Sam, and I really like this scene. She runs at him, screaming his name, kind of, you know, in shock and surprise, because Sam's supposed to be in Westchester, not in L.A., and she runs to him and just embraces him and they smooch and it's so amazing it's just like she's embraces him Sam's uh very you know like conservative uh and unsure like this is probably his first girlfriend if i'm not mistaken and he really doesn't uh he she's just wraps herself around him uh you know just throws herself at him and his arms aren't even holding her you know they're just kind of like an inch from her body there's like this bubble and uh iliana like turns her head and sp- puts her nose in the air and s- thinking yuck and sam's like uh super weirded out by pda right now um and he tells her you know hey this isn't just a social call and it, he, as much as he wishes it was but they, this is important and they do they go she teleports him to the dyson sphere. And somebody else is teleported with them. She doesn't realize that. And he, and he begins telling her about what happened. Uh, you know, and like they needed privacy. She knew that. That's why she took them to the Dyson Sphere. But somebody was caught in her teleportation field. And uh, we find out that in short order that that is Allison Blair. And for anyone that doesn't know who Alison Blair is, we've just got guest appearances popping up left and right here. Uh, She's a great character, Dazzler. Um, She had a rough start, so her very first appearance is in the Dazzler uh, graphic novel. Jim Shooter wrote it, and it really is a depiction of so uh, a celebrity somebody she's a singer and her ability is to turn sound into light um and so she does amazing shows sings disco star right all this stuff um and she's on track to be a movie star like she's like a hollywood uh megastar and that's the track she's on and this all falls apart because of her mutation uh and she's framed and it looks really bad It's a long story we're not going to get into it in great detail uh, and ends up that she, she's kind of the the target the hot button for mutant hatred and she's um she's Felt the backlash of that. Once people knew that she was a mutant, like her fame and everything, her life was just turned upside down by that. So her relationship to her her mutation to what she is 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 different than maybe others, right? Like she has gone through it and really taken it in the in the chin. And she's t- even as talented as she is. It doesn't matter, like because she's a mutant. So she's just been kind of pushed to the side because of that. And so she's, she's, pretty not. You know, it's just not great for her. She's not. Things aren't going well. She's she's a, a backup singer, or a, you know, to Lila Cheney. She's in Lila's band. Now, Sam, <laughs> we get this great scene. Um, if you're familiar with it, you'll know that there's this running gag. With whenever Sam's around Lila, she changes what he 's wearing, and you know he was in need of something he was just still in those swim trunks uh and and is still running around in her bathing suit her 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 bikini uh, and she does that for the majority of this this issue um still in it sam's in this what looks like this like just leather jumpsuit thing i don 't really know it's like got a cod piece and these boots, leather pants. Like this uh, leather tunic thing, I don't really know. Uh, it might be a turtleneck. I, it's hard to tell. But Lila's draped herself all over him. She's enjoying every minute of this. She's a very, very glad to see him. And and Sam says, "Hey, I really like the. You know, I really appreciate the." Ch-. He's careful not to say he likes them. He appreciates the change of clothes. But uh, it's not his style uh and this is just the running gag we had this the very first time they met uh and here we we have it again um so and <laughs> Lila's response is so wonderful, like she's just so playful with Sam right and he he's as, as serious and straight as he's trying to be like i i'm this isn't my style, and um. Lila's response is true. Myself. I much prefer you wearing the Sorry. True. Myself. I much prefer what you were wearing before. And Sam's like, not when others are around. You know, he's so embarrassed and such a like, <laughs> he's just so weird. So awkward and finally you know but he he does he's like we we i need to tell you this so he tells her he explains to what what's happened that their friends were kidnapped when they were they'd gone to this pool party and Amara and Bobby were kidnapped and that they chased them uh but they got away and he and he's blaming himself and Ileana explains the rest from their the prisoner they got the guy that they captured they found out the gladiators took him and that <clears throat> And that they had a base in Los Angeles, and they were hoping that with Lila's connection to the music industry, they'd be able to track him down that way. They, they, that's their their best hope is Lila. Well, Lila hasn't heard of them; she doesn't know anything about them. Um, but she figures that she could call in a favor. She just cut a new album, um, and. You know, she she'll ask them, tell them she wants tickets. This is how they're going to get in. That she wants tickets to go see this, to to, um. That's that's her plan. Uh, we also get some more information from Dazzler. She tells us she's had a run-in with them, and that these guys are dangerous. So, more of Dazzler's backstory. There's a Dazzler miniseries. Uh, with Beast, so it's called Beauty and the Beast, four issue limited series, and this is what it's about: Dazzler performing in a gladiatorial arena, and her and Beast working together to defeat these guys. And they do that, and they said, "Hey, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do this anymore. We're gonna go this straight in and there, are no more killing people." And they thought that was it. Dazzler and Beast thought they'd they'd saved them, they'd prevented this from continuing. Uh, it turns out. Not so much, and that 's kind of where we leave it that we 're kind of at a cliffhanger right here uh, we 're going to cut to a different section of the story, uh, and Dazzler's going to fill him in on the rest uh, well let 's just let 's just knock that out now um, so we 're just doing this a little bit out of order, so that mini series happens, and you know she tells him about it. she tells him about her experience and everything she went through. Um, The, you know how they thought they'd shut down the business forever and she's but she feels like maybe i shouldn't be surprised that we were wrong about that except and, and sam points out now they're kidnapping kids so it's gotten worse if anything and lila asks dazzler you miss it and dazzler she puts up a strong front at first um no i hated it the crowds the cheering standing center stage being the best And she gets quieter as she says this. And you can see this, what she's seeing in her head. Uh, Zinkevich, this panel is beautiful. And then very quietly in the bottom corner, looking as her, you know, looking down at the ground. Yes. And we get this great monologue. And it really, I think this is is a wonderful monologue for Dazzler. It really gives us an insight into our character. And I'm just going to read it. Life's been so hard since the world learned I'm a mutant. Most people won't hire me. I have to disguise myself, to lie, just to find a place to live. I've become a freak, an outcast. I feel like I'm being punished for something that isn't my fault. I'm not evil. Lila, I've never intentionally hurt anyone. Why do people hate me? At least among the gladiators, I was accepted completely without reservation. I had a place. I had worth. The camaraderie was real and special and good. I can't deny that, and I won't forget it. I love that. I really love that like that is <laughs> like I love the soap operaness the the purple the, the, the just it just oozes with drama right like and like this is some insight into what her struggles have been. We talked a little bit about it earlier, like it's been really a difficult time for her. For Dazzler, like, it's not been easy. Like, she's really having to push. Like, she's talented, and she's got talent, and she's kind of blackballed, right? Like, she's not able to do what she loves on her own. And the only way she's continuing to do something she enjoys is by working with Lila Cheney, right? So this is, I just really enjoy that. And we get this great insight into... Lila here too I, I just think this is just some really good character development For these two characters And Lila points out that That's human nature, blood sport And that people, The people you risk your life for None, none no one But the people you risk your life for Become more precious to you And Sam asks her He tell, you know, asks Are you speaking from experience? And she says, in response, "You've heard my songs," and that's kind of where that gets left. She tells Guido that they want to go to the show; they want tickets. Get them that, you know, that's what we want. And he tells her, "No problem." So that's we're going to drop it. We're going to drop. We're going to jump forward now to uh, or jump back and talk quickly about what's going on with Roberto and Amara. Somewhere else, Roberto. He's he's dressed in some sort of armor, uh, and he's screaming. He wants to see Amara, and then he's gonna smash this building to rubble. He's he's struggling at the bars, but he's he's also aware at this point that he can't use his powers. He's indoors. If he uses his, turns to his sunspot form. If he begins to use his super strengths, he'll zap sap himself of it. In no time at all, he doesn't have light to 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 restore his abilities here, and so he's got to be conservative. Um, and as he's you know trying to figure out a way out of the situation, the doors kicked in, and enter someone we've seen before. Uh, it's Axe. And you might remember him from New Mutants number seven. There, uh, Roberto and the New Mutants were in Rio de Janeiro. The Axe came, uh, fought with them, and uh, you know he was there to uh, on the whim of the Hellfire Hellfire Club. He was working for the Hellfire Club. Uh, they made pretty short work of him. Uh, but he's showed up here again, and he is now working for the Gal- Gladiators. Uh, Roberto, you know turns into a sunspot for him, and he throws a punch. uh, Axe rolls with it, and something's just off, and he easily restrains Roberto. Now, this man, the leader of the gladiators appears, or someone who was led to believe is the leader of the gladiators appears before him. He calls himself Alexander Flynn, and he explains, he tells him, hey, you know, I'm going to have your friend tell you what's going on, and and comes Amara and she is too she too is dressed in this armor and she explains to him hey he's kidnapped kids and if we don't fight for him in the arena he'll kill them. or no the kids sorry not kill him well eventually they'll be killed but they'll be killed fighting in the arena in our place so they've got to go along with it and Roberto he's you know like tells her hey we'll figure a way out like we always do and she tells him hey, we've been drugged, and he's told me that the more we utilize our powers, the less control we'll have over them, and we'll just begin eventually we'll lose ourselves we'll become we'll become wilder and less controlled over time, and eventually we'll just lose ourselves to our powers and uh just create huge amounts of damage and harm tons of people but if we don't do this like The kids, you know, the kids' lives are at stake. And Roberto and Amaro decide that they really don't have any option. They've got to go along with it. They're going to have to fight in the arena. Meanwhile, Bermuda Triangle. Lee and Magneto are still uh, in the Bermuda Triangle. And Lee Lee watches as Xavier uh, tries to lift... This giant statue with his magnetism. He strains and strains and strains, and it looks as though he's going to fail, but he says, you know, he, he wills it. He, his will will not fail him. And he lifts this giant statue upright, and he's weakened by this, and he staggers, and Lee catches him. Now, they talk about their fight. You know, Lee had told him, you know, basically to go to hell, that he's a scumbag, that he'd used his powers, and she apologizes for having hurt him. And he also realizes what he did was unacceptable, that he'd used his powers to force her to do something against her will, which was, even if it was just coming out of the, the water, it was still not right. It's still not okay. Like, he, that's not what he wants to be. And they both, you know... Realize something's happened that things have changed between them. That they're that they're not just friends. That they were moving towards something more than friendship, and Lee Lee realizes that too. She says, that, and they both realize they're scared. And they're they're close. They're they're standing close and looking at each other. And Magneto tells her, "Let us face those fears and perhaps joys together." And they kiss. Passionately, this is all interrupted. This moment of you know of reconciliation is is interrupted by Xavier as as he interrupts them with a psychic call, uh, telepathic call, and he's warning of the arrival of Xavier and or of the, of the beyonder <laughs> of the Xavier of the beyonder, and he's t- asking Magneto to gather heroes. Avengers, Fantastic Four, whoever he can get, and lead the X Men in his place. That's what he needs Magneto to do. And Xavier's, you know, fades out, and they're left to talk. And Lee asks, Who's the Beyonder? And Magneto tells her, God. Chapter 7 LA. East of downtown. It's a dilapidated district of warehouses. And there this car pulls into the alleyway. Sam, Ileana, Lila Cheney, and Dazzler are all in the car. And there is the name Nazgul. <clears throat> it's spray painted on the wall in the alley. And it's Lila points it out and she she tells him hey. Early in my career, I opened for Nazgul. That brings back memories. And she also tells us that the lead singer uh, blew off his head. You know. And I did some research, and Nazgul is a reference to a J. R. George R. R. Martin book called The Armageddon Rag. Um, and this book, it's a, it's, it's a fictional work. Um, and in the book, Nazgul is a band and I haven't read it. I just kind of briefly skimmed it, uh, on, online it's on Google docs and it, it talks about this. It, it's like <laughs> they just took it right out of the book. Okay. So it's, this reference is directly out of this book and Hobbit or Hobbin was the lead singer and he blew off his head at west mesa and that's what lila cheney tells us in the comic and that's directly out of the book i'm telling you it's it's absolutely right out of the book um and in the book it talks about um this event the lead singer blows blows his head off with high-powered rifles so that's what she's referencing she's talking about this so that tells us that that story that happens in that book takes place took place in the Marvel Universe. Uh, It makes it canonical. It's kind of interesting. I'm not going to spend a lot more time on that, so let's just keep moving ahead. Like I said, they pull into this alley, and this is where they're going to meet. This is where they're going to. This This is where this arena's at. And they approach the door, and this bouncer says, Hey, sorry, you're not on the list. You're not on my list. You can't come in. And uh, Ileana, she gets them in. She peers over her shades, and... Uh, says, I suggest in our case you make an exception. And this, the look she gives him and her phrasing, is enough. He's scared. Something's off, and he he knows it, and he's he he he, he lets him in. Um, and and I want to talk briefly here uh, about Ileana. She's dressed in all pink, very girly look. This blonde hair, pink pink sunglasses, uh, maybe like pink leather, her hair's teased up. I mean, she looks like a rocker chick. And uh, it's an interesting look for her, but it's very feminine and very girly. And and not not that there's anything wrong with that, but to me it plays to this idea that Ileana is always projecting others. She's always accepting others' uh, points of view of her. She doesn't have her identity that she projects to the outside world is something that other people want her to be. So, like, her brother, Colossus, always calls her Snowflake. He sees her as this innocent young girl, and that's who she is for him, right? For her friends, she is whatever they want her to be. But there's something else that is Ileana, and... That is more what we see here, right? She is. there's something different. There's something harder. There's something darker. There's something that she does not want others to see. And when it comes out, like we see here, we get uh, a reaction from people. It's kind of interesting. Now, the man, like I said, scared, he lets him in. Now, we see a shadowy figure asking for information about it's informed that Dazzler has arrived, and, and the shadowy figure is pretty excited about that. Now, this shadowy figure is not that the guy that introduced himself to Roberto and Amaro Alexander Flynn. It's someone else entirely, uh, much larger. And the shadowy figure, when they re, when it realizes, whoever this is, realizes that Sam Guthrie is part of this party with Dazzler is very happy to find that out. We cut back to the group, Dazzler and Ileana and Lila and Sam. They're all in this box. They're about ready to see this this go on. And Sam whispers to Lila that Dazzler, she looks pretty edgy right now. And Lila's response is wonderful. I'm just going to read it. She may not realize it, Sam. But she's an ex-junkie, holding a bag of purest heroin. The temptation is as strong with her as the horror. Watch her, love. She's weak. She's our weak link. And like I like this for multiple reasons. like we already saw her really uh, m- mourning this she was horrified, yeah, I mean, she already told us this, that yeah, she was horrified by the violence. And what she did, but the craving to have people just cheer for her, to be, to be the center, to be valued, in the way that she wants to be valued, and there was that drug involved, right? So, uh, it's it's interesting. And I like that we we are that blatant about it. Uh, I think it's great uh, explanation of what's going to happen in the story as it unfolds here. Now, Ileana asks Sam, hey, what's, you're the leader, what's the plan? Because uh, we don't have one. And Sam's like, well, we're just going to kind of figure we're just going to go by the set. We're not really going to have a plan. We're going we're gonna to play this like Indiana Jones would. And Ileana's response is, we're doomed. And it starts. There's a blaring of a horn, and the gladiators come out. And Ileana recognizes one of the combatants. It's her friend, Ivich from when uh, She was Working with gladiators when she was working in the arena When she was fighting in the arena I shouldn't say working And Sam explains that his idea is When Roberto and Amarik Pop out they'll grab him and Lila will teleport them all out They'll they'll be gone Uh, Nobody will be able to follow him because he'll be at the Dyson Sphere Uh, And Ileana Isn't going to argue she doesn't trust her teleportation abilities right now. It makes sense that that they'd use Lila at this point because nobody knows where they'll end up if iliana where or when they'll end up if iliana teleports them. And the battle's pretty fierce. Uh, Ivich fights, and it looks like Dazzler's friend's going to be killed, and Dazzler intervenes. And uh, when Ivich frees itself herself of this this snake monster thing uh she's gonna chop its head off and dazzler stops her um enter at this point amara and roberto and they begin their fights and that's when the new mutants the remainder of the team sam and iliana and dazzler intervene uh with with that battle uh And it's, it's, in some, it's part uh, to prevent their teammates from doing harm to the other combatants, but it's also in an effort to uh, to, to rescue them. And Dazzler uh, uses her powers to incapacitate uh, magma in the same way that she'd done the done to the snake monster earlier. And Sam knocks the, the monster, the horseman thing that, that Roberto was doing battle with, knocks it out of the fight. Um, and as they're kind of probably getting ready to make their escape, the roof is ripped off of the building. It is great. It's kind of a running trope at this point. We've seen Magneto rip roofs off of numbers of buildings by, by this point. I think before this we had, maybe this might be the second, but it's going to be a running trope with Magneto. Uh, we've seen him do it in Ma- God Loves, Man Kills, and he's doing it here. Uh, so he just rips the roof off, and he's pretty much like, hey, screw you all. Like, I'm here to get these kids. Anybody that wants to help, come with me. Uh, and I don't care what the rest of you do, but you're going to hear me, and you're going to leave me the heck alone. Um Sam's like, "All right, hey this is our window, let's go guys and Amara and Roberto refuse uh and they don't have time- they're not gonna explain themselves they they can't leave though, and Sam's not sure what's going on uh but this this disruption it, and uh this disruption's bottom time, right and like I said, they're just not going to go. They've got to protect those kids. Well, they don't tell their colleagues that. And as this disruptions happened, the gladiators ghost, they head out. They take this opportunity to leave because, uh, with the rope like all this ruckus, you know, who knows what attention has been drawn. And, uh, Sam's upset. He, he lashes out at Magneto and, uh, he's really not not happy obviously he he blames magneto for what's happened that they were so close to rescuing their friends and magneto's kind of ruined it uh it's his fault um, you know he he's the one who's prevented the rescue of their friends uh, and and Sam tells him whatever's going on, it better be important because you really you really screwed this up. Uh, and Magneto tells him you will see Cannonball, you will learn and that's the end of this issue, uh, I do want to point out that the, one of the good reasons I think that this this uh, arena um, this battle arena was not in New York but in LA, uh, if it had been in New York I think kidnapped children would have brought in the lakes of uh, Cloak and Dagger, and I think it's best that they are left out of the story arc. Uh, No offense uh, to those two characters. I love what Claremont did with them, but we don't need them tramping around in the uh, New Mutant books if they're not going to join the team. Uh, That being said, that's the end of this issue. Um, It will be continued in Secret Wars number one, and then we'll go into New Mutants number 30. Uh, And I'm just going to try to really briefly, very quickly summarize the important parts of Secret Wars number one. Obviously, Beyonder comes to Earth. Big problem. Um, He meets up with Molecule Man, and Ruckus starts, and Magneto and the New Mutants meet up with uh, the X-Men. Sorry, Magneto, after he got the Warning, had gone back off-panel. Uh, or actually in that book, I shouldn't say off-panel, that book kind of fits in. It's like they overlap each other. It's weird. So Magneto goes to the expansion, collects the X-Men after a fight. They come to LA. They get the New Mutants, uh, which is basically at this point just Ileana and uh, Cannibal, and they go and fight Molecule Man's uh, guy. He turns into superhero, uh... Molecule Man shows up, he forces Illyana's, uh demonic side to fully manifest in front of everyone, um, and, uh, yeah, that's the fight, and then they're all gonna end up, uh, continuing their story arc in number 30, but that's their involvement in issue number one of Secret Wars, um, It's weird. There's some weird things with art and coloration. Uh, We see everything looks great. Xavier, we see uh, the team in uh, Scotland. Xavier's still recovering. Uh, We see that. We see Doug Ramsey, but he is colored with black hair. He almost looks like a white Roberto da Costa. And if you follow this book, you'll, and Roberto through his character development, he becomes more white as the issues wear on coloration, the way he's colored changes, uh, he becomes kind of whitewashed and so it could have been but you know, knowing who's supposed to be there the only character that's not represented on those pages is Doug so I think it's just a coloring mistake with the hair um, anyways, that's Secret War 1 uh, it's not massively important uh, as far as how that uh, you know it's not hugely important. We do see Ileana uh, have her uh, demonic, demonic persona pulled from her body. Uh, and that's really the first time that we've seen the Dark Child in its full glory. Uh, it's certainly the first time that any of her friends or fellow X-Men have seen it. And uh, I don't know that anyone really understands what it is. Uh, but yeah, the next issue will be issue number 30. And that is the titled, The Singer and Her Song. So, yeah, come back next week and we will, uh, we will explore and examine New, Mu- New Mutants issue number 30. James explores the new mutants is as always recorded in Iowa City, Iowa, and is produced by myself using the Anchor app. New episodes are published every Wednesday and can be found wherever podcasts are available. You can reach the podcast on Twitter at Explore New Mutant, via email at Explore The New Mutants at gmail.com. Visual companions to the episode are available on Facebook and Instagram by searching James explores the new mutants. Another really nifty way for you, the listeners, to become involved with the podcast is through Anchor. You can record minute-long messages that are then sent directly to, my, to me, and I can add those segments uh, right into my episodes. So it's a really cool way for you to become involved, and you can ask questions, make comments. I'd love to hear from you. So please, please, if you have anything, please send it my way. Uh, but until next time, keep reading those comics.